Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me once again today. Always a pleasure to have you with me, and you know, uh, we, we've interviewed so many um, guests, we stopped counting it a thousand months and months ago, so uh, there's a lot of information in our archives, I hope you'll check that out at exacoachradio.com. Uh, my first guest today is Al Casado from CKS Summit Group, and he's the president and owner of that group, and they're in the business of protecting and preserving clients' assets from possible losses due to market conditions, taxes, death, and health issues. And today we're going to talk about current economic issues. So grab a pen, grab a pad of paper, take some notes. Al, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Al, I was looking at our archives, and again, uh, you you, uh, you came on about four years ago, and I think at that point we were thinking, wow, the, the bull market – uh, was about seven years old at that point. We're thinking, wow, that's that's a long time for a bull market. Now, it's 11 years and, and counting. So we're going to talk about uh, today's current economic conditions and how people can protect their assets. But before we get into that, uh, share with us a little bit about uh, CKS Summit Group, what you do, and uh, and how you help people. Well, you know, this is our now our 22nd year. And we basically have been in the business of just helping pre-retirees and retirees only, um, helping them with uh, taxation, asset protection, um, passing on assets, um, mitigation of, of, of losses and things like that. So it's been our goal to, to provide our clients with sustain, sustainability through anything that's going on with the markets and, and sustainability in their lifestyle. And you know, keen on making sure that you know we have ongoing income all the way through retirement. So that's been our goal for the last 22 years, and um, hopefully for many more years to come. That's great, and you know, and we're in a changing um, kaleidoscope of tax law changes, uh, very different from 22 years ago. For instance, what the estate tax exclusions are and the limits for gifting and. And that'll change back, as we know, down the road in 2025, uh, if if not before, right? Whatever the government does, something it calls it permanent. You always scratch your head and go, "Well, what does the na- what does the word permanent mean in government terms?" And it means until they they change it again. They change absolutely. <laughs> and so you've seen you've seen a lot of changes in the last 22 years. How do you feel about today's market and economic conditions? You know what I call. <laughs> You know, I get asked that a lot, and I, I just feel it's mind-blowing because nothing really makes sense. If you think about it, um, what's happening in today's economy is, 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 and what's happening with the economy, what's happening with the markets, 
you know, it, it has really, it, it really doesn't make sense to me. You know, you get, you know, the stock market right now, which is primarily driven by, you know, emotions and, and things like that, you know, has continued to soar since late October, despite signs of slowing growth and a variety of unstable, geo, you know, geopolitical issues. But meanwhile, the mar- you know, the bond market, which is driven with a little, you know, it's driven by more of a, of what I would call logic, has become increasingly cautious. And, you know, in January, we had what? We had two dips, right? The first one was because of um, the, you know, tensions with Iran. And then the second one was triggered because of this uh, coronavirus thing. But somehow, someway, the market, again, um, kind of plowed through that. And, you know, we once again climbed, you know, in, in January, we hit, uh, went over 29,000. And then again, mm-hmm. back in, uh, what, the February 5th, we went over 29,000 again. But the question here goes, is that, you know, why is this happening? And and, 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 and the, the big concern of mine is is that this market is still being propped by the Fed. And that mm-hmm. concerns me because the, the big question is how real is this? And the market has kind of been on, on, on steroids here and, and the Fed's been the dealer. And we continue to see money you know the uh, the you know, what we call easy money going into the system here, and I know the government doesn't want to call it quantitative easing right now. I I kind of call it stealth easing, I guess, because they 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 refuse to use that word. But however, we see that they they what they've done is they loosen up their monetary um, policies, and they're beefing up their own their own uh, books. So what we have going on right now is you have the the Fed, you know be you know purposely holding down interest rates. Um, you know, in September, October, and November of last year, we had them pumping in an, an enormous amount of money into in, of liquidity into, into the repo market. Um, so here we are again, kind of playing the same cards we played in 2000, you know, in 2008 when, when some of those measures were really needed. So we played those cards yeah. at the worst time in history uh, recent history, and to kind of keep us from going from a recession into a depression. So my my concern is that if if it's true what we're hearing from everybody, everyone that the economy is so good, why is the Fed playing these cards when supposedly the economy is doing so well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, good point, and you know that. What you're talking about, of course, is is their their policy towards uh, interest rates and quantitative easing and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, the, I've, I've had the same question: is like uh, if you're if you're in your mountain cabin, you know, picture yourself in a mountain cabin, and uh, and you sense that there's a, a bear outside, but you don't see it. But you take your trusty six shooter to def- to defend yourself, and you pump up you pump a bunch of bullets outside to scare the bear. What happens when the bear really shows up and you don't have any more bullets in your gun? <laughs> now that's a long way around to saying that we've, we're using um, we're using usually uh, 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 processes and, and uh, strategies that we'd use to recover from uh, a bad economic time before we've seen the bad economic time. Is that kind of what you see? Absolutely, and, and that's a scary part. And and and. You know, for those that are nearing retirement or or are in retirement, you really got to pay attention to that because 
that means, you know, the big question, again, it goes back to is this real? Because, you know, you, you think about it, you know, we, we well, you know, once again, you know, you, you know the, um, the report from the Commerce Department was that the U.S. economy missed, you know, Trump's 3% growth target for the second straight year in 2019, and the economy had posted its slowest annual growth rate in three years. So we're we're starting to see it, it, there's a there's a disconnect between there's a growing disconnect between the economy and the markets. So which means that the markets mm-hmm. are being propped up not by economic measures, but what what the but what the Fed is feeding it. And now mm-hmm. the Fed has kind of made a you know sent out a real what I consider a real clear signal that it will continue to do everything in its power, including using more stimulus as you know to keep it going. And you know, part of that, I, you know, I feel is because of his, you know, the election year, and political posturing, yeah. Oh, political posturing also, you know, and I and I think also that, uh, you know, Trump is also likely to do everything he can to keep Wall Street, you know, happy ahead of November elections, and I think including announcing, you know, expect a second round of tax cuts that are probably coming sometime this spring or summer. So you're starting sure. to see more, you know, a lot of political posturing, and for some reason. Um, this particular Fed chairman is is you know succumbing to pressure from from outside sources in some of his, his decisions because it it doesn't make sense that everything is going so well. We keep hearing you know everybody is is, is so um, you know what I call excited and, and filled with exuberance mm-hmm. um, when when it's not really when there's really nothing underneath it and we're almost kind of building a beautiful a beautiful home on quicksand right now. And mm-hmm. the good thing is is that we, you know, it had there is a positive to this. The fact is that many people have recovered and many people have seen increases beyond where they were back in 2008. Um, mm-hmm. but you got to start wondering and saying to yourself, is it time now to then say, "Hey, is it time to take some of these winnings off the table now?" And mm-hmm. and and really start looking at at risk management versus growth management. Right. And you mentioned, you know, you work with a lot of people in pre-retirement. What about those people that are retiring and looking for uh, safety and yield? Um, are, you know, that, that that's hard to come by these days. Um, um, so do, do you foresee any market changes uh, for 2020? What, what do you what's in your crystal ball today? Well, you know, as far as crystal ball, I think, I think it's going to be more of the same. I, I think this Fed is, is, is hell bent on not letting something happen at least till November. Mm-hmm. I, I really feel that, and I think you know I think we're going to have some hiccups along the way. Um, you know, kind of like the same things that we had in, Jan- in January, where where things just pop up, like the you know the the the, the, the geopolitical things, the the virus stuff, and things like that. However, I I don't think that this Fed is going to allow any major changes as far as you know they're going to see something drastic happen in this market. Um, I think it'll keep pumping, you know, producing, printing up money, and 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 and, and jacking up our 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 our, um, our markets. I, I just don't see anything really happening to where it's going to really just all of a sudden take a huge hit, you know, um, at least not till November. The question is, is what happens after? You know, you know, mm-hmm. these companies have mm-hmm. just been, you know, taking all these these lower interest rates and they're refinancing their debt and they've done all that so everybody's playing all their best cards right now and yeah. so yeah. what's going to happen i mean that's that's the scary part 
And so if I'm I'm retired or I'm really close to retirement, I I can't have that same I can't have that same optimism that I have as a 20 or 30 or 40 year old. I just can't. Yeah, and in response to the the huge number of baby boomers, you know, we're in that stage where they predicted 10,000 people would turn 65 a day, right? And that's how, we're right in the middle of that, right? So in, in response to that, a lot of the financial services companies, uh, insurance companies, and et cetera, et cetera, they, they've created these strategies to kind of allow you to get uh, a share of that market gain without worrying about a market loss. Do you, that's been a huge trend in the last few years. Do you, do you see a lot of people becoming interested in those types of strategies? Yeah, those types of strategies have been around for for quite a few years, and I think they're becoming more um, prevalent probably now, being used a little bit more prevalent than they used to be. Um, and partly it's because of the fact that I think that a lot of people feel that you know they're they're not they're 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 not feeling as as confident in the reality of of what's going on in our economy and in the market. Forget the the market itself, and they're you know they're looking for ways to uh, find ways to guarantee their income. They're looking for ways to um, protect, you know, protect their principal. Um, because, you know, I've, I've always said, you know, when you, as you're getting closer to retirement, you know, uh, an extra, you know, 10, 20% would, you know, uh, might enhance your lifestyle a little bit. However, a 40, 50, 60% loss mm-hmm. can change your lifestyle completely. It could mean that you have to work, you know, an extra four or five years. It could mean that, you can't take the trips you wanted to, you know, because we don't want to be in a position where, where um, our portfolio dictates our retirement. We want to be in a position where we dictate retirement. That's what I always tell my clients. I said, you want to be in a position where you are the one in control of your lifestyle, not be uh, a servant to your portfolio and the portfolio telling you how you're going to live. You know, um, mm-hmm. so those are the things that, again, it goes back to as you get you know, closer to that time and as you are in retirement, risk management really becomes, you know, top priority because, again, whatever you bring to the table, that's pretty much what you have. You're not going to – most people will retire and not work more or they'll work less and they're not producing as much asset to keep the the wheel going. So they they have to live on their Social Security pensions and and whatever they've saved. So, you know – um, retirement's a long process nowadays, Bill. I mean, you're talking people are, you know, 25, 30, you know, especially if you're a female today, Lord have mercy, the, the fastest growing population is women over age 85. I mean, women have, you know, turning 55 today have a one in two chance of hitting age 90. So, I mean, right. you're starting to see, you know, um, uh, age is Longevity you know, is a big issue, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to be a 102 year old bag person, right? No, no. And, and no, even then, so. you know, you're you're you you know, you used to rely on your children when you're you know 70 years old to take care of you. Now, what if you're 100 and your children are 80? Hey, and it's happening more and more. I have I have clients yeah. that are here in 96, and I have their kids that are, that that you know I have a client here, well, a few clients in their 90s that I have their children as clients in their 60s and early 70s. So and they're Japanese. still kids, and they still don't know anything. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> According to the parents. <laughs> oh, so, right. so here, um, yeah, and yeah, here's so an interesting are... uh, for our listeners. You know, life insurance companies write insurance policies these days to age 120 and 125. Not that they expect everybody to live that long, but they just realize that the old policies that expired at age 95 
aren't cutting it anymore because a lot of people are living to 100. And if you're turning if you're turning 65 or 70 years old, there's 30 years of metal, medical technology between you and age 100 for them to to uh, systematically solve other things that used to um, uh, kill people and or take people you know to people used to die from. So there's some huge issues there, Al. So if, for a lot of our listeners, they're you know they're um, in their 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe, and they're they're think they're business owners. And they're thinking about okay, I'm going to sell my business. I'm going to pay the taxes. I'm going to have a big lump sum left over. Uh, and they come to you, Alan. And what do you what would you tell them? And I know it's you know this is general information, but it used to be you'd say, well, put you know uh, you got you got we need growth and we need income and we need protection. What's some basic advice you might give some of our our uh, listeners? Well, I think first of all, have defined goals. Uh, actually sit down and really define what that what retirement really looks like for you. What is it going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, are, are, are you going to be an active retiree? Are you not going to be active? Are you going to be uh, traveling? Are you not going to be traveling? Are you going to be staying in your same home? Are you not? Are you going to have two homes? Are you going to be a snowbird? You know, you know, we're from Michigan, so we get a lot of snowbird stuff. Um, sure. You know, what does that retirement look like? Because you got to start you you got to start with with what you picture what it's going to be like so that you can structure the your strategies to 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 meet those okay and and really when it comes to when you're getting into that retirement it's really all about income it really is mm-hmm. how can i still have the income and the desired income and the gaps that i'm you know how do i fill in those gaps between my social security and pension, or if I don't have a pension, then there's a bigger gap that I have to um, be able be able to um, plug in. And mm-hmm. it's really starting with that with that notion of what does that really look like for me? What is it going to take for me to sustain my lifestyle? And do I have enough in the bank to mm-hmm. actually um, fulfill what my goals are? are? And once you have that, once you have a clear picture of that, then you can start going and saying, okay, this is what I need to do, and this is how I have to structure my 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 savings to make sure that I live this lifestyle. Too often, what we do is we just go right into the portfolio and we start. You know, I see people coming here all the time. Well, how did you figure that? Well, we just kind of said, you know, I'm retired and I should have sixty, you know, sixty percent in bonds and forty percent in this. Well, and and I said, well, share with me your goals. What were your goals? And then we find out that the goals and their financial plan are 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 miles apart. So mm. I, I I feel that if you don't start with with you because it is about you, it's got to start with you, and then the portfolio has to be put in a position to make sure that what you want to happen actually happens, and can that afford and can that portfolio afford what you want to happen. That's a really good point, and you know, a lot of people, like you say, they they focus on on what they uh, what they want out of it. They need to focus more on that, especially into the future. They might want to take that trip around the world or uh, provide for a, a child or grandchild's uh, wedding or education. You know, there's a lot of goals that can come up, and it really comes down to, well, uh, here here's what you're here's what we project you're putting into this after your sale of your business. And here's what you want to take out of it. Maybe they match up, and maybe they don't. It just takes some really good financial modeling, and that's where that's where people like Al Casado come in at CKS Summit Group. Al, tell us a little bit about your website and 
uh, what people will find there, how they can get to know you there online. Yeah, they can always, you know, our, our website is uh, summitgp.com, summitgp.com. We're also on Facebook and under CKS Summit Group. And what you're going to find on our website there is, um, especially in our blog section, you're going to find a lot of information as to things that are happening now. Um, we have a lot of video series on there, things that um, from Social Security to RMDs to requirement of distributions to uh, asset allocation. There's a lot of videos on there that can help guide you And as you're getting close to retirement or if you're in retirement. So there's a lot of great information that's ongoing that goes into our website. Um, and then more, even more up-to-date information through our Facebook um, uh, page, which actually is, you know, quite a few things going there every every week um, with things that are going on, things to be thinking about, um, you know, just things in general. That's great. Great information, Al. Really wonderfully uh, put today. It was very interesting talking with you, and I invite you to come back and talk with me again about uh, the, you know, the, the current situation as we move into an interesting uh, uh, back uh, or middle and back half of this election year. Thank you again once again for joining me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 